If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pulled back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, where you'll discover top resources for selling strategies, powerful tips, and best practices to open your mind and performance to the next level. You can double your sales too. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Double Your Sales Now. Today we have speaking industry expert, Angela Cox, and she's gonna share how COVID-19 is impacting, challenging, all of us as speakers and what the opportunities are right now. So Angela, thanks for being here today. Good morning, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I've wanted to have you on the show for a long time. So we're gonna, we're gonna pack a lot in. What we didn't know was that the pandemic would happen. So our conversation is gonna be a little bit different. And I think this is information people really need right now. So whether they're a speaker, they have an event, um, they wanna attend an event, I think we're gonna be able to um, give them some information about what you're seeing right now. Before I introduce you, I just want to say hello to our listeners all over the world, 90 plus countries now listening in. Thank you so much. And thank you for leaving the reviews. If you haven't left a review yet, you can go to salescoachnow.com forward slash giveaway. And we're giving away a cool gift there. We're going to give you a copy of my book, One Great Goal, plus an audio to listen to and a workbook so you can figure out what you want next. So go there. All the information is there on how to give us a review. And we thank you for that. Also, if you haven't been to sales camp yet, we've gone virtual <laughs> and we're recording this on April 22nd. So that'll kind of give you an idea of where we are in terms of the pandemic right now. So right now, all of our in-person sales camps are virtual and we'd love for you to come out and play with us there. If you haven't attended yet, you can email us at contact at salescoachnow.com and my team will get you all the information on how we can hang out together. If you have an event coming up, a virtual event, or you want some sales training for your team to figure out how to sell in uncertain times, you can email me at contact at salescoachnow.com and we can tell you how I can support your team, your group, your association right now. And with that, I'm so excited to introduce Angela Cox. She founded Midwest Speakers Bureau in 1998. Angela enjoys learning about your needs as her client so she can provide creative options and help you find a great speaker. When possible, Angela attends speakers' presentations so she can get a feel for the audience response. It's that response that helps her connect clients with the perfect speaker. Angela practices her listening skills at home with her two sons, Grant and Derek, who have given Angela many good stories of her own to share. And I can certainly relate to um, raising a boy, and you've raised two boys. It's a, just a fun adventure every single day. So Angela, I just wanna say thank you for being here. 
I'm delighted that one of your clients found me somewhere along the line. I remember I was out one day and I got this call from you and you introduced yourself. And sometimes I think, is this spam? Is someone trying to sell me something? No, I think one of my, one of my clients wants to book you. So that's how we got connected. I got to do your showcase, which I know you're going to talk about at the end, which was phenomenal. And I've been able to work with some of your clients. So it's just been fun getting to know you. So tell us your story. How did you get into the world of owning a speaker's bureau? Like, how did that happen? Okay. Oh, well, at the time, I didn't even know there was such a thing as speaker bureaus or professional speakers. And I was working for a seminar company. And so I was selling membership to clients and we would host these events every six weeks. So what I was finding was that the companies that I was talking to, they wanted to bring in a speaker. They didn't want to send their, their employees out to see a speaker. Right. So pretty soon I started giving them ideas on speakers and I started doing research on speakers. And so it kind of just morphed into a business. And I uh, was trying to get my boss to do both, you know, to do the webinar series and then let me sell you know, speakers, and he didn't see that as part of his a part of his vision. So I started my own company then, and now it's been 22 years later. So there was yeah. a need for someone that you know understood the speakers and then could match them with the right audience. Yeah, and you know, attending your speakers bureau or excuse me, your speaker showcase was phenomenal because I got to see your clients who flew in from everywhere to Des Moines, Iowa to hang out and meet your speakers. And it was just such a testament to how much your clients love working with you and how you support them and how you really do match it up. And I could see just the years of work that had gone in because that room was packed. So take us back to 1998. You make the decision, you're going to launch the business. It's happening, which is all very exciting until we realize we actually have to sell and do other things. So what I'm curious about is did you have any limiting beliefs about selling in the beginning or quoting high speaker rates or what was that like in the beginning for you? Um, you know, I think back then um, sometimes what you don't know helps you because I just went out there and I started knocking on doors and, you know, asking people for help. And I think that was the one thing that um, I really early on is that if you ask for help, people will give you help. So I'd meet with one meeting planner and I'd ask them for other names of, you know, their friends or uh, speakers that they had had in the past. And then I'd talk to speakers and they would give me four or five names of speakers that they were friends with. So it didn't take very long to build that database of speakers and our database of meeting planners. And I think going into it, I didn't, didn't know what I was doing. And right, so sure. I just, you know, saying, hey, I need help. You know, I need to figure this out. People gave me that help. And I think that was what really, I don't know, kind of propelled us along, you know, is yeah. we were willing to ask for that. I think that's such a great reminder for, for all of us, especially during this, this time now, you know, being in a pandemic and being more isolated than we've ever been. And I think as entrepreneurs, we forget to ask for help and asking for help with referrals right now, I think is really powerful. And so uh, give us an example. So just, I always like to ask, like, how did you ask? So if you were going to ask somebody right now for a referral to another meeting planner, what would you say? How would you say it? Uh, that's a good question. And you know what? I, at the very beginning when I started, I was really good at this. And then I think over the last 22 years, you stopped doing some of the things that, <laughs> that you were doing in the beginning. Um, Cause like right now, um, you know, like in the last couple of years, it's, 
business has been, we've been at the top of our game, you know, two or three leads would be coming in every day and we haven't had to be that proactive to reach out to our current clients and ask for those. But now with the conferences being shut down, you know, now we're having to go back and build more on those relationships. So it's kind of with the pandemic, it's kind of, kind of taken us back to the very beginning, you know, and yeah. building those stronger relationships where before we were so busy that I don't think we were taking a lot of time in building those relationships. Yeah, it's such a great reminder. And I think a lot of us got into that place of complacency of like, things were great. I think so many of our clients were set to have their best year yet. 2020 was going to rock. Everyone was out there. It was going to be easy. And now, you know, we're back to the basics. So for you, yeah, phone, email, like, how would you, how do you ask? Uh, you know, we've gotten very comfortable with email. And yeah, that's okay. You know, with, um, with people being so busy before, you know, to get them on the a phone, it would be really hard. And so usually like after we get done with an event, we send out an email and we say, thank you for booking the speaker. You know, would you, do you have anybody that you could recommend, you know, that would be interested in the speaker or our services? Yeah. So we've gotten to where it's more email, but now that people have kind of slowed down, I'd probably go back and start using the phone again because you can reach yeah. people now. And that's what we're hearing from a lot of our clients. They're shocked. They're, even clients who are cold calling, they're shocked that people are answering and they're getting, um, you know, they're calling someone at a management level and getting someone at the C-level because the C-level person is still coming into the office and they're shocked. They can't believe it. And so they're having these great conversations. I think what you just said was so great, though, is just, you know, as simple as just an email and just, you know, reminding them of how you work together and asking if they know anyone else. And I think that's one of the things we talk about on the show all the time is like, how, like, let's not make it complicated, right? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. easy to reach out and ask for help. So I think, I think you've helped everyone. We can all do that. And we all need to be doing that right now and really supporting each other. So going back, Angela, then I want to talk about like the kind of current what's going on, but going back to 1998, you launched the business, you asked for help. And in some ways, you know, not getting in your own way because you didn't know what you didn't know was very right, valuable. Right. Was there a moment like in 1999 or 2000 where all of a sudden, you know, you, you hit that moment of there's more money coming in than bills going out, like that profit moment or that moment when you just knew that the business was going to be successful? I don't know if there was an exact moment, but um, so when I started the business, what I did was I worked part-time in a jewelry store in the evenings and weekends. So during the day I could work on my business and then I had you know, money coming in for the part-time job. And yeah. so it was about two years into that when I was able to stop working part-time. So that was when I realized that, hey, this is going to work. You know, I, I loved what I did. And so at that point it was like, good, I can, I don't have to do the part-time job. I have enough income coming now that I can just focus totally on my business. Yeah, that's great. Well, that's a, that's a moment. That's a, I think a lot of entrepreneurs have worked a part-time job or two or did something else to make sure that they could get it off the ground. Right. And I, for all of our listeners, they love hearing that because some of them are probably doing that right now and, you know, trusting that it does come to an end. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the pandemic. It's happening. Uh, before we, we started this conversation, you and I were just chatting about some of the meetings you've been invited to and you're hearing from, you know, um, corporations who are and experts in the industry and corporations and what they're planning to do. I'd love to get your take on the pandemic. Like, what do you, I know, and we're not holding you to any of this, but you know, what do you think is going to happen? What do you see rolling out and how can, 
anyone who's having an event or speakers that are out there, like just any advice you have for them. So that's like 40 questions in one, but I'm just gonna let you talk and then we'll, we'll dissect it. Okay, so right now, what we for clients that are still hoping to move forward in August and September and have their event, we've actually been doing in our proposals, doing a, a fee for a live event and then a plan B for a virtual. So that way we have, you know, if, if we can't do the on, on site event that we do have a backup plan. So I think right now when you're talking, you know, if you're talking to a meeting planner or even if you are a meeting planner, it's good to have different plans put in place so that that way you, you can easily pivot to plan B if you need to. Because right now nobody knows how long this is going to go on. Right. So and that... Yeah, I just want to interject that 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 makes a lot of sense. Is there a different so is there a difference in fees for I'm going to show up in person here I am versus my virtual event or my virtual showing up? That's a good question. <laughs> um, Do we know yet? <laughs> we've had this conversation um, quite a few times over the last few weeks that some speakers are discounting their rates by 30%. If it's a webinar, um, I had a call the other day with a bunch of bureaus and on average, most of the bureaus are seeing that the speakers are discounting their rates by 50%. You know, so if your on-site fee is 5,000, then you're charging 2,500 for the webinar. Um, Interesting. You don't have the travel involved with the webinar. Um, it's still the same content. So the right. speakers should still get paid for their content, but uh, since they don't have that travel time involved, so I would say anywhere from like 30 to 50% is what we're seeing in a difference between an on-site or a webinar. Yeah, got it. And what about, so you talk about plan A and plan B and just contingency events. I feel like there's, you know, as this pandemic rolls out, there's the new normal now, and then there's the next normal and the next normal and so much that we're not sure about yet. But what are some things that you're hearing of people, how companies are adapting or things that they're shifting right now just to, to still have events, but maybe have them in a different way? So uh, some of them have switched to more virtual events. We're seeing a lot of webinars where it's maybe an hour or an hour and a half webinar. Uh, and it's more focused on training. I think we're going to start seeing more webinars now where it's more of a virtual keynote or a virtual presentation versus a webinar. And so it's going to be more inspirational and, you know, maybe to kick off a day summit, uh, online, you know, virtual summit. So I think we're going to see a little bit of a shift where, you know, people were using the webinars more for training. And now as people kind of get more familiar with it, I think we'll start to see more of the virtual presentations, more like a, you know, energetic keynote, like what we're used to seeing. Yes. Got it. So slight shifts there. Yeah. And, and what I about even, go ahead. We'll continue to see that until we're able to go back to the live conferences. Like on the webinar I was on yesterday, uh, I think with the live conferences, we're going to have to start, look, you know, start small and then grow. Like mm -hmm. they were, one example they gave yesterday was a rolling attendance. So you might have, if you usually have 400 people at your conference, you might have to break it up into four days and only have 100 people attend each day and have your conference for four days in a row. Yeah, that is, that's interesting. So, so what you're saying is the same speaker would speak four different days potentially with four different audiences, but a smaller group just to kind of make sure that you're staying within specific guidelines of right, how many right. people in a room, et cetera. 
Right. Yeah. Oh. Keep the attendance smaller so that it's more manageable. I want to talk about marketing and sale, selling from the perspective of like what you're doing for your speakers and just any speakers who are out there listening right now. How would like, it, what are you doing differently to market since things are virtual now? I mean, is there anything you're doing differently? Are you saying, are you reaching out to clients and saying, Hey, all my speakers can be virtual right now if you need them. Like, how are you marketing in this new normal? Um, you know, at the beginning, it was a challenge because when I knew everybody was trying to, at the, when this first started, everybody was trying to reschedule their conferences and, you know, you, you didn't know whether you should reach out or not. But now that we're, you know, four or five weeks into it, I've gone back to marketing like normal, you know, asking, you know, I'll start off in an email saying, hey, I hope you're doing well, you know, hope you're staying safe. And then I go into, you know, here's a speaker, a new speaker on, that has a presentation you know, for a virtual keynote or a virtual work workshop. So we've gone back to pretty much marketing like normal, um, mm -hmm. just because you need, you need to stay in front of them. And, you know, people are working from home, so they're actually reading their emails now. So now right. is a really good time what a concept. Yeah. because yes. people are actually responding. So when we do a newsletter or you know, send out an email, we're actually getting a higher response. We are too. And it's so amazing to see. And the other thing we're getting a major response on is any virtual event that we're doing. So in the past, it, we might have a like a three week runway to put on a virtual event and we use Zoom and I don't, we, you know, we cap it at a hundred people on one of our live events, right? Because it's just a lot to manage. And, and even that seems like a lot to me right now. But anyway, what used to take three weeks now is taking sometimes three days Three days we filled, we put a hundred people, like they signed up so fast for a virtual event, we had to add another one. So, you know, for people who are listening, people are listening, you know, your audience is paying attention. They're starving for information right now. And, and whoever's getting creative, I think, in terms of how they're marketing themselves, you know, people are listening. So, and I, to your point of like, people are answering their emails and their phone calls. I feel like now, like when my phone rings, I'm like, oh, it's so exciting. Someone's calling me. We're all so, we're so isolated. We just want to, want to talk to someone. As you're reaching out to meeting planners, what's their, like, if you could take a temperature, just a sense of like, not literally, hopefully they're healthy, but like, what are they saying to you? How are they feeling? I think everybody's overwhelmed right now and they don't know what to do. You yeah. know, usually you can... I, and I feel this way. I mean, usually I can go into the office. I have a set plan for the day. I know what I'm doing right now. You go into the office and it changes by the minute, you know, so you can't, it's hard to plan out and know, okay, we're going to have a conference this day and we're moving forward with it. And I think that's overwhelming and frustrating for a lot of people. Yeah, I think you're right. It's, Mental health has been a topic we've talked about on the show and we've talked about it with our clients a lot lately and just really, you know, but paying attention to how we're feeling and taking care of ourselves. Because I don't know about you, but I've literally felt like I'm on a roller coaster, <laughs> like some really high highs and some really low lows and kind of in between. And having, you know, my key circle of support around me is so important. And I'm sure the same for you and for, you know, just all, everybody who's listening. It's a time when we need to be connected. Right. Well, we've had some clients that said, you know, they rescheduled their March event for July and now they're starting to promote their July event and they're getting feedback that nobody wants to come, you know, and so they're actually canceling their conferences now in July because people aren't, 
they're not comfortable attending a conference yet or, you know, so that's, I think, very frustrating for the planners that have planned it and rescheduled it and now they're having to cancel. Yeah, I, I feel we we pushed our events our in-person events out to june and then we june laughed at us right like that's right, not going right. to happen and so now we're pushing you know live events into the fall but mostly going virtual just it's an interesting time and i think you need to keep moving forward so you know in any new bookings you know we have our cancellation clauses in there and we want people to feel comfortable that they can book the speaker so we just have been having those conversations in advance. Okay, so if we do got to cancel, this is what it looks like. Or this is our plans, you know, that we, these are our different options that we have if we do have to cancel. So I think being more proactive, I mean, before we weren't able to be proactive, now we're able to be proactive and come up with alternative plans in case it does cancel. That's a really good point because we didn't have the pandemic, <laughs> excuse me, the pandemic clause in any of our right. contracts, right? And so what does that mean? I mean, you know, for speakers, when a speaker holds a date on their calendar, no one else can book it, right? And right. so they're counting on that. Um, and, you know, so having, I mean, in, in my own world, you know, we've, we've moved um, fees to, we pushed events out, but then we've also said, I'll just do it virtually or I'll record it so you have it, but it's still, it's still on the calendar. We still have that business agreement. I mean, how do you, how do you feel about that? How are you holding? I mean, is it kind of the same? Like you have a plan B if it goes virtual, you'll adjust things or. Yeah. With the ones that we had in March and April, a lot of those were scheduled for 2021. Um, so okay. We had between March and September. Now we've rescheduled or canceled 150 events. So wow. each one we've had to handle a little differently. Most have been able to reschedule. One of the challenges was though that uh, a lot of the hotel people are not in their offices and so getting new dates for 2021 have been a challenge. So we probably have close to 50 that are still pending for new dates in 2021. Some of our events rescheduled for July or August and now we're seeing them having to reschedule again. And there was a few that just couldn't reschedule, you know, they financially could not reschedule. And so we ended up having to cancel a few contracts there too. Gotcha. Yeah. Flexibility, I think is our right. the special word for 2020 right now. Well, I want to, oh, I just, I feel for everyone. I, I, I want to talk about some, some good, strong stuff too in the speaker world. I know, you know, you have some phenomenal speakers on your roster, some of them whom I've had the pleasure of meeting and, you know, have, they command really high speaker fees. And so I would love to share, if you could share three things with our audience regarding, you know, how does a speaker go from 3K to 5K to even 20K and beyond? Like what, what would you, what advice would you give? What suggestions for them, for someone who wants to make those leaps? So first I would say, uh, become an expert in the topic that you're most passionate about. So most speakers will have, you know, three to four topics. When a client calls in and asks for a specific topic, say like sales, I have certain speakers that pop to mind right away. So you want to have that top of mind, you know, with, with the meeting planners. And I think that will help um, you increase your fees, you know, over a period of time because you get known for being an expert in that field. Sometimes I will have speakers call in and they'll, I'll ask them what they speak on and they say, well, whatever the client wants me to speak on. Mm. So you need to be an expert in your topics and know which ones 
you're comfortable, you know, speaking on. So that would be the first one is just becoming that, that you know, top of mind expert in whatever topic you're going to speak on. And then second, um, your marketing materials, you know, so I would say every six months, you know, you need to be looking at your marketing materials, updating them, adding new testimonials, adding new client lists, uh, videos. I have a lot of planners that don't want to look at a demo video that's over a year old. Mm -hmm. so, and I think so you need, every time you have that opportunity to videotape yourself, you need to videotape it. So you have that, that tape on hand when you go to make a new demo video and then just continually updating your, your presentations. You know, like right now, a lot of speakers have updated their presentations to include, you know, challenging times or leading in chaos, you know, so something that fits with the time. Uh, yes. you let your programs get dated. Um, you know, they want somebody that's current. Mm -hmm. And then um, the third thing would be just to continue to perfect uh, your stories. You know, sometimes just taking, and you might feel very comfortable with your presentation, but just adding in one or two words into a presentation or, uh, or adding in a little bit of a, uh, it, you know, like a space or um, just the way you present it. I think um, by making those little improvements, that keeps your feet going up. Yeah. So like, for example, I have had, or I've had speakers that go and they'll take an improv comedy class so that they can get the timing right on their joke. Yes. And you tell when they have that joke and they deliver that punchline that it really helps or just adding in a word or two in a story will help make a bigger impact. So I think mm -hmm. the speakers just need to keep improving themselves and improving their presentation and not just saying, oh, I have this presentation down, I'm not gonna ever tweak it. Right. I think that, that keeps them moving forward. Yeah, so excellent. I'm just gonna reiterate, so for everyone who's taken notes out there, um, so be the expert in the topic for sure and do, deliver what you love to do because yes, we can deliver a lot of topics, but what are you gonna be on fire about when you're on stage? And because we're gonna feel that. Um, update your marketing materials. Yeah, that's, that's a good reminder. We all need to be reminded no matter what we are. Like the picture from five years ago, probably not the best. Right. And we've all been there. Um, and then just updating your stories and the content. And I think it's, you're right, like the timing. And <laughs> I remember um, at your event, one of the speakers was actually a comedian. And I just, it's so fun to watch comedians on stage. And, you know, I have jokes sometimes and sometimes they land and sometimes they don't, but it's a good reminder. That would be a fun thing to do. Take an impromptu class just to really fine tune the joke telling and all of that. And this, but you're right. It's this ongoing piece. And then, and then Angela, I think there's the, so there's all those, those pieces that you can massage and you can tweak. And then sometimes, of course, we all have off days and we have great days, but there's those, those, there's then that magic that happens on stage that I think is less tangible, less trainable. It definitely comes from all the things we talked about. It comes from the hard work, you know, the, they're perfecting, the tweaking. What, what else is it? Like what, like why, you know, when you see a spark, you know, a, a speaker really sparkling on stage, like what is that? For me personally, I get the ones that have more of the personal stories. Mm. And I think if the speaker has those really strong personal stories that when you walk out and then a few days later you have something happen to you and you remember that message that was in that person's story. Yeah. I think that's when they have that, the greatest impact mm -hmm. is when you can remember 
you know, you might be sitting there laughing and, you know, listening to their story during, you know, their presentation. But then when you walk out, you're actually able to say, hey, I remember what that speaker, you know, said the other day. And I need to use that right now to help me get through this. Yes. That's when they have that greater impact is, you know, on an audience. So that, that story, that piece that inspires us, that nails us right here, that, that, you know, hits us in a place that keeps us going. That's a, yeah, I think you're right. And that we remember it because it was so pointed. And I think, I think there's such an art to storytelling and practicing in that area and getting training and then fine tuning and fine tuning and fine tuning. And it's not like you're saying too, I think it's really important to differentiate. It's not enough to just keep getting on the stage because you're not tweaking, you're not fine tuning. What you're talking about, Angela, is really, re, like really working on just the nuances, like one word here that lands really well. And as a speaker, you know it, like you can feel when something hits really well and when it goes flat. <laughs> so it's also remembering afterwards. One of the things that helps me is to take notes afterwards to, to remember like this really, you know, hitting on this spot right here really nailed it this fell flat and trying to remember those pieces because speaking is a humbling business. Go ahead. And I also think remembering which audience you're speaking to because each, each audience is going to be different and going to respond differently. So I might be able to have a speaker that, you know, they get a standing keynote with, you know, this group and then I put them in front of this group and it's a completely different audience and they fall flat. So That's I think yes. knowing what as a speaker, knowing, what works with, say, maybe a construction group versus um, an insurance group. You're going to have to have different stories for each audience. Yes. Yes. And a different approach. And even what you wear might be different, how you show up, how you connect before and after. That's such a great point. My corporate audiences are very different from my entrepreneurial audiences, like two completely different worlds in how I connect, what I say, what I don't say, and the stories I tell. So even the size of the audience, I think matters because, you know, they want, the audiences want to engage and they want to participate in the speaker's presentation. But with some groups, they're just so large that if you ask a question of the audience, they're not going to respond. You know, right. in smaller groups, you can ask a question and, you know, you'll have two or three people raise their hand and participate with you, but you don't get that in the larger, the larger audiences. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I mean, it's, especially when you're, yeah, if you're delivering a keynote in a large audience, like that is to be so polished, so perfected. It's, it's, it's a, it's really a, what's the word? Um, I can't even think of the word. It's you're delivering your piece, so to speak. It's like a play. It's like art on stage. Whereas the other ones could be more interactive. And I've had to learn the hard way of like, Oh, this, this is me delivering art over here. This is me being able to connect a lot more. And that, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point for everyone who's listening because I, that's, that's getting that and understanding, really understanding the audience you're in front of is so important. And I know you do, you know, in your company, you do a great job of making sure we speak to the client ahead of time. Why is that important? How important is that? What do you want to say about that piece? Because I didn't always know how important that was, you know, when I first started in the speaker world. Yeah, no, it's very important to have that conversation with the meeting planner to get the background on the audience who's going to be you know, in attendance and what their main objective is going into that keynote. You know, if it's the closing keynote, you know, how do that, how does that meeting planner want you to leave their attendees? You know, do, you, do they want it more on a high note or more content or a wrap up? So that's always good to know going into the presentation what that meeting planner is looking for. 
Yeah, it's excellent. Before we wrap up and before we talk about how we can learn more about you, what I'm curious about, like, just from an entrepreneurial perspective, I mean, you just talked about, you just had to reschedule, you're rescheduling 150 events. So, I mean, you have a, a very busy, very active, very successful business. You have children, <laughs> you have a busy life. Any, like, how do you balance it all? Any advice for our entrepreneurs out there who have growing businesses? I have no life balance. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's honest. Well, how do you get through the I, day? I to a lot of speakers on life balance. Right. I have you're, no like, life balance. you're like, that doesn't work for me. How do you manage it all? Um, you know, I think you just got to be able to adapt quickly. I mean, like if, like, especially with my kids are older now, so they're just off playing video games all day long. <laughs> they can manage themselves a little better. You know, yeah. I would have to run and check on them and, you know, like you just never know when they're going to get sick. So I think, you know, just have being able to kind of roll with the punches and, you know, okay, I might have my plan for the day and then your, your child gets sick and you just got to roll with it. And um, maybe in the evenings, then you put in a little bit extra hours or, you know, I work a lot on the weekends. You know, for me, I like working on the weekends because it's quiet. I can get things, you know, set up for the next week and I just feel more prepared. Sure. Yeah. So I like to say that, you know, during the week I'm working on my business and then on the weekends, it's my hobby since I have no life balance. <laughs> so. But you, here's the thing, Angela, you love what you do. So I, yes, you should it doesn't feel like I'm working, you know, 60, 70 hours, even though I am, but I love yeah. what I do. So it doesn't feel that way. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, I think when we're all juggling so many things, like there are times on the weekend when it is just easier. It's like, Oh, no one's calling me. I don't have any client meetings. I, I can just knock out this project really quickly where during the week with so many interruptions, it would take forever. So, I mean, we all do what we have to do. So on that note, I'd love to hear. So I would love for you to share with our audience, your, your website and the best way to contact you. And then please, I know you've worked with top speakers. You have some incredible speakers. I'd love for you to highlight them right now. I know they're available for virtual events. So tell us more. Okay. So our website is www.speakernow.com. Our phone number is 515-974-8305. And then my email, if anybody wants to contact me directly, is Angela at speakernow.com. And we actually have, uh, you were in it last year, our speaker showcase, you mentioned it yes. a little earlier. We have that coming up, which is Tuesday, August 25th. And so we're hoping that everything is a go um, for that date. But what we do is we have 14 speakers. Each speaker gets to deliver 12 minutes on stage. And we usually have about 80 to 100 meeting planners join us so that they can actually watch those speakers live. So we have that coming up, like I said, in, on August 25th. It's great. And fingers crossed it's going to happen. Or you might have some really cool virtual event this year and have, have a thousand of your meeting planners from across the country. So what about, tell us about some of your speakers and like just some of the topics that they um, talk about, you know, or things that they talk about that really might be helpful for companies during this time. Okay. So right now what we're seeing is a lot of our speakers are adapting their programs to include the coronavirus. So we might be seeing speakers that have a program, um, you know, leading in challenging times or leading in chaos. Uh, so there's a lot of speakers that are, uh, you know, revamping their program. Right now, one of our biggest requests is economists and political speakers. Um, because people want to know how this is affecting. So, you know, some of the speakers in that category are like Jeff Bush and Andrew Bush. Um, 
Ted uh, Bohold. Um, so, you know, some of those speakers are really hot right now just because people want to know how the economy is going to be affected all of this and then adding in the political election coming up. Uh, so people are looking for answers. So that seems to be a really hot, hot topic right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, good. Well, thank you so much for being here. Again, everyone go to speakernow.com. And if someone wants to go to speakernow.com, they can fill out a form as well if they have an event coming up. Yeah. Is there a, like, there's a form on there. Mm -hmm. um, and all of Angela's information, you can reach her and her team there. Angela, we just wish you and all of your speakers and your team a successful moving forward through this pandemic because it is possible like as things shift i think more and more virtual events can come online so we just wish you a great rest of this year and hang in there thank you and to our listeners all over the world thanks for being here today we appreciate just being together i mean this is a time when we all need to come together if there's anything we can do for you you can go to um email us at contact at salescoachnow.com. If you have any ideas that you'd like us to talk about on the show or any guests that you'd like to recommend. And also, if you haven't gotten it yet, you can also go to salescoachnow.com forward slash gift. It's a PDF on six secrets to doubling your sales. So it's pertinent in this environment or any other environment. So grab that, make sure you have it and um, put it in front of you. It'll help you get through the next couple weeks and months as we go through the pandemic. Thanks everyone. And we'll see you on the next show. Thanks for listening to Double Your Sales Now. To get more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to tune in next week. And until then, we'd appreciate your review on iTunes.